values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And we have something great going on here. It's called Pay Tribute to a Teacher. It's brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. And if you know a remarkable Valley teacher that deserves a $2,500 check, you can nominate that teacher for the Pay Tribute to a Teacher program. Just text the word teacher to 411-923. Nominate a teacher there. That's teacher to 411-923. All right. Um, yesterday, uh, there was a, not a debate, but there was a forum in which uh, Carrie Lake, the Republican candidate for governor, and Katie Hobbs, uh, the Democrat candidate for governor, appeared at this forum. They did not appear on stage together, and uh, there was no debate. It was just question and answer, which I guess are informative to a certain degree. Uh, and then afterwards, Carrie Lake spoke to the media, and uh, Katie Hobbs did not. Um, there is, and this is not just criticism from me, it's an observation from me, but there's criticism within her own party. Um, what the Lake campaign is saying is we want a debate. The people deserve a debate. The Hobbs campaign is saying we don't want the circus. Remember what happened in the primary for governor and we don't want that. We don't want a circus. But this is what hurts that argument. Um, Katie Hobbs didn't debate in the primary. And I don't know what happens in the campaigns. I, 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 I have no idea what is said behind the scenes. But she did not show up for a debate in her own primary. So what was supposed to be a one-hour debate done by PBS ended up being a one-hour interview with one of the candidates. And there was criticism. There are people that are criticizing, saying, you need to get out there and debate. There, it's one thing to run ads. And, and I, I've, I've said this so many times, but when you run an ad, the people that love you cheer when the ad comes on. You're either making yourself look like the next big thing. Or you're making your opponent look like the most dangerous person in the world. But that's the way campaign ads go. That's what they do. Um, and when you give a speech, you have to know the crowd you're talking to. But it's still, you control the narrative. You control the narrative when you're giving a speech. You can't control the reaction of the crowd. But you're not answering questions. There is no rebuttal. Um but when you have a debate, you have to defend your position. There's pushback. Um, I want you to hear just a little bit. Carrie Lake, by the way, an hour from now, one hour from now, Carrie Lake will join us. Uh, I want to reiterate. I want to say it again. I want to be very careful about this. I have – and I, I, I say me selfishly. KTAR News has made a concerted effort for everybody – to be an informed voter. Uh, KTIR.com, Arizona Votes. You can go and see candidate interviews. We put everything on a page for you to see so you can hear for yourself what the candidates are saying. But specifically on my show, I have made a, I've gone to great lengths and I think, I, I think I've done a good job and there would be some of the candidates that have been on with me. Everyone knows where I stand politically. There's no doubt where I stand politically. I've had the Democrat Julie Gunnigal on the show. I had Marco Lopez on the show, uh, the Democrat in the primary. I've had many Democrat candidates on this show many times, and I always will. They have an open invitation. Senator Mark Kelly, if his people are listening, we've been trying to reach him. Uh, we would love to have the senator on to talk about what he's doing in office now, to talk about the campaign and the race. Well, I would love to have that discussion with him. Uh, Blake Masters has been in here, the Republican. He's invited. He's going to come back. He's been taking us up on the offer. Carrie Lake, been on the show multiple times. I've known Carrie for a very long time, but I've also interviewed Katie Hobbs, and I've done that for television. And I've had her on here on this show in the capacity of Secretary of State. She is welcome anytime. 
and we will be fair. We will ask honest questions, and I just think that the diverse audience that happens here at KTAR deserves to hear from all of the candidates. But I don't want you to think that because some voices aren't on this show, it's that we don't have them on this show. I can promise you we are working very hard to try to get them on the show with us. So this was Carrie Lake yesterday after the forum was over talking to the media and talking about her desire to debate. I'm absolutely ready, willing, and able to debate Hobbs any day of the week. But I'm not going to do a forum, which isn't even a forum. She can't appear on stage with me. That's an embarrassment. That's an embarrassment that should put us on late night TV. That we have somebody running who can't even show the courage to appear on stage. So you got again, I mentioned this earlier and it's worth repeating that there are Republicans, Democrats and independents and not necessarily in that order as far as in, uh, voter enrollment goes. And in this state, the Republicans largely are going to vote for Carrie Lake. The Democrats are largely going to vote for Katie Hobbs. But there, there will be some crossover from both parties, but not very much. There are independent voters out there, and those are the people, A, that wait the longest to make up their mind because they want to hear from both candidates in every race before they make a decision. And they can be swayed by one party or the other. They're not someone that says, ah, toss up here. I'm just going to go with my party. And so this is where I think the danger for uh, for Katie Hobbs is, because you can give speeches all day long. You can make statements to the media all day long. Again, I I've invited on this show, do the interviews. All of that is fantastic. But it doesn't matter to some people what positions you hold. If you don't appear confident in debating and, and defending yourself, people are going to think either A, you have something to hide or B, you're afraid. Neither are good for a campaign. And she won a primary very easily by not debating and remaining quiet. I don't think it works because you're speaking to a completely different audience in a general election. And that's that's the issue. That's what that's the biggest trap that I see candidates, even incumbents as a candidate that I see candidates fall into over and over again is you are speaking to one crowd. It's the crowd that cheers the loudest. It's the crowd that always shows up. It's the crowd that carries your signs. It's the crowd that carries your message. And they're the only people you talk to. And I think it's a da- that's a dangerous trap to fall in. Everybody loves it. I mean, listen, I would love it. If I could walk into a room and everybody agreed with me and they were on my side and they were cheering at the top of their lungs when I walked on stage, man, that's a comfortable place to be. That's a, that's a fun place to be. But it doesn't help you win. You have to have that base mobilized to spread your message. Uh, the old thing in sales that says if I can take someone that is a prospect and turn them into a customer, I'm halfway there. Like with people on this show for that, that listen to this show, if you have become a listener to this show, I truly appreciate that you listen to this show. But if I can make you an advocate for this show, if I can get you to like this show so much that you say to other people, you should be listening to this guy. Now we're successful because I've created an advocate. Now, I don't know how successful I'll ever be at that, but that's the idea. As a candidate, you want people that say, hey, you've got my vote. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Katie. You've got my vote. You want to take those people and turn them into advocates that say to their friends, you need to listen to this person and you need to vote for this person. When you do that, now you're getting somewhere. 
So that's what you have to do with your base. Turn, uh, turn them into advocates. But then you have to change your message and be more of a missionary and go out and not just tell people what you want. Because, you know, when you're, you're a Republican candidate in Arizona for any office, you walk into the room and you say, we're going to lower taxes. We are going to get the government off our backs. We are going to drive down the crime rate and we're going to secure the border. And everybody loses their mind and cheers and walks away. Fair enough. But if you want those independent voters, you have to say to them, this is why we need to lower taxes. This is how we're going to lower taxes. This is why we need to secure the border. This is how we're going to secure the border. I have a plan of how we can fix the education system in Arizona. And here's my plan. You have to explain to those people why you're why you are the best option. And I hope that more of this happens. I think a debate's necessary. I'm anxious to talk to uh, to Carrie in the, the 11 o'clock hour. Um, yes, about the topic of should there be a debate. But we have seen such a shift in uh, what priorities are to Arizona voters. The economy's still going to be number one, I believe. But I think behind that right now may not be the border issue. I think it might be water. And we're going to have a conversation and have an opportunity to talk to one of the candidates about that. Coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I want to uh, kind of uh, wrap a couple of things together. Um, A pretty scary story. Metro Phoenix evictions have hit a 13-year high in the month of August. Um, The Arizona Bar Foundation housing advocate said losing your home can be devastating. Emotionally charged situations like evictions have always put constables and other law enforcement agencies in a vulnerable position simply for doing their jobs. This story talks about not only the record of 6,574 new evictions that were filed last month, but it also talks about two constables that have been murdered, killed in the line of duty. Um, And both are sad, but what I want to put together, what I want to mix together here is the education numbers in Arizona. Um, I was given, fortunately for me, there was absolutely no forethought in it when I got into the construction trade. Honestly, I was working a job at a gas station. I well, it was like a it was like a drive through, kind of like a gas station meets a drive through liquor store, and uh, you could pump your own gas and then drive up. And I I would hand you know you buy stuff and I'd bring it out to your car. I was working overnights. It was little, paid very little, but you know I was a dumb eighteen year old kid. Didn't care. Didn't have a care in the world. Didn't, I thought my life was going to be just fine. And I was offered an opportunity at a job. As an apprentice electrician or a helper on job sites building houses as an electrician's helper. Didn't know anything about the trade, nothing. Uh, didn't even really have tools when I started because I didn't need them. I wasn't allowed to touch anything. I carried stuff. I climbed in attics. But I learned. And when I found out, A, I'm good at this. And B, I really like this. In a span of six years, I became the manager of a company. Now, I say that because as unmotivated as I was for the previous four years in high school, I didn't want anything to do with school. I hated it. It was boring. I was a goofball class clown kid. Um, I've told the story in the air before. I got caught skipping 14 days of school in a row. That is three weeks of a nine-week quarter. When I went back to school, I had teachers that thought that I had moved. That's how long I had been gone. Yes, pray for my mother. Um, But the same unmotivated kid 
in high school that didn't see any need for this boring education, when I saw a reason to be educated, when I finally got off my butt and wanted to make something of myself, I had the tools to learn. I had a solid foundation. I could read. I still am a very good reader. Um, math skills. I'm pretty proficient at math still. And I, that led me to business ownership someday. So here we are looking at evictions, and I don't know everybody's place or reasoning behind all of this, but I would say to you that in this great resignation time period we've gone through in the last year or so where people are leaving their jobs in search of something different or something better, there are opportunities out there for people if they're able to learn. The education numbers in Arizona are abysmal. Kids can't learn. It's not that they're not able. We aren't giving them the tools in elementary school. And I say we, teachers out there, I said we, not just you, we are not giving children the ability to learn. So you take a kid, comes from, could be a poor family, working class, parents are working, distracted, kid gets to do what they want, they're kind of all over the place. We all know who those kids are. We might have been that kid. And at some point in your life, you want to turn things around. Maybe you have a child of your own and you realize you want to give them more than you have given yourself. Uh, Maybe you get married. Maybe it's just you come to a point in your life you think, I want to do something. Imagine saying, I want to go to college now. You got a high school diploma and you go to take the entrance test to get into a college and you find out you've got to take remedial everything before you're qualified to learn. You want to go to a trade school and you can't figure out some of the words on the page or you can't do some of the math. And here's a real life example. I've talked about the CTEDs, the career technical education districts. Um, I was out at EVIT, the East Valley Institute of Technology. And they have a high school program and they have an adult ed program. And in their welding program, one of their projects, and I was there watching, it was their, it was kind of their day where they showed everything off on campus. Um, they had a competition in both the high school level and the adult ed level where they had to design and then build, uh, like a fireplace, that kind of a thing, you know? Um, and so then they had to build it on paper. And then make sure that the product at the end was as close to what the plans said in, in, you know, in scale as possible. It's remarkable. You're using all of your math skills. You're using all of your technical skills in what you're learning. And if you don't have a skill set that gives you the ability to do simple fractions, you're sunk. Forget geometry. That's involved there, too. If you cannot divide You're done for. So what we're doing is we're taking kids and we're saying to them, good enough. That's good enough. Don't worry about it. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. And someday they're going to become adults and they're going to say, I want to do something with my life. And they're going to figure out they're not equipped. And that's shame on us because at third grade to eighth grade, they don't know what they want in life. They certainly don't know it in high school, although high school students think they know everything. My mom was pretty dumb when I was in high school. She got a lot smarter as I got older. So these statistics about our economy and where people are and how they're hurting, I feel horrible for them. But what are we doing to give people the tools to dig themselves out? So that someday when it hits you that I really need to be a grown-up, I want to be a grown-up, I have people counting on me, that you have the ability to get the skill set. And that should worry us all, and we should all want to do something about it. 
Coming up in a moment, we're going to talk about the border crisis. Over se- almost 750 migrants have died in the desert this fiscal year. More details next. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, sad news out of Great Britain. You know, the the uh, this has been something the longest serving monarch in in the history of Great Britain. And at 96 years old, she passes away. Uh, so this is going to be coverage. We're waiting for national coverage from ABC News. As soon as that happens, we're going to take you to it. Even though we're in the United States, it is still a big story for Americans. Our greatest ally is, is Great Britain and uh, the relationships. Imagine the time that she has been in that position. As Queen of England, the number of presidencies that have come and gone since she has been on the throne. That is a pretty remarkable history with that nation and with what's happening in Great Britain right now. You know that, that the, the, the Brits love, love the Queen and uh, there's going to be a time of transition. We know that they are going through now a time of transition in their government as well. So this is a rough time in Europe as a whole with what's happening with fuel prices and some other things. But this is devastating to the people of Great Britain. If she's 96 years old, there are a lot of Brits that have their entire lives. I would say almost everybody in Great Britain and their entire lives have been spent with her on the throne. So it is a very, very big story. As soon as ABC News gets their anchor coverage going, as soon as we get that, we're going to take you to a few minutes of it. I want to remind you that at 11.05, we are going to have Carrie Lake on with us. She is the Republican candidate for governor. There was a forum last night along with the Democrat candidate. It was not a debate. It was a forum. And so we're going to talk about that forum yesterday and some of the biggest issues here in Arizona. We are going to get to issues. I do want to ask her about the potential of a debate, but there are a lot of issues that we have to discuss that are happening in Arizona. The border is obviously one of them, the economy and how we keep moving and we avoid a recession or at least not get hit as hard as the rest of the country. What we do about housing prices, but water has become such a huge issue here in the state of Arizona and across the South West. All right, we're going to take it over to ABC hey, News right now. Take a few days, maybe weeks to sink in here in the UK because people are so used to her always being there. Now we get have to get used to saying, you know, King Charles, or if he wants to change his name, uh, a different world, uh, I guess, starting right here, right now. She was queen for more than half a century. Elizabeth II reigned over a rapidly changing country, Tom. Uh, the last days of a once vast empire, she weathered scandals that would threaten the future of the monarchy. But through it all, as Tom says, she ruled with a steady hand and a devotion to the British people. And, and Tom, that affection seemed to be mutual. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And again, if you look at polling, you look at different generations at uh, the various royals and she always comes out on top by the young Brits, by the by the old Brits. They adore her for what she has has done over over the decades. As I say, there are different takes on, say, Charles, who will take over, maybe maybe William, et cetera, et cetera. But it's fascinating to look back over 70 years ago now. When uh, she was looking at her life uh, going forward. And at that time, a young Elizabeth said, I dedicate before you all with my whole life, whether it be long or short. Interestingly, I shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. And that resonates up and down the country tonight. People are going to be reflecting on all of those decades, all of that time together, she was like an encyclopedia going back, as I say, over 70 years. ABC's Tom Rivers with us from London. Queen Elizabeth has died. Buckingham Palace issued a statement just a short while ago that the Queen died peacefully at Balmoral in Scotland earlier today. 
Her doctors had released something of an unprecedented statement earlier today, saying that they had become concerned about the Queen's health. Her oldest son, Charles, will of course become king in keeping with British law of succession, the rule governing the orderly transition of power. Prince William will take his father's place as first in line to the throne, and little Prince George now second in line behind Prince William. We're pleased uh, to be joined by People Magazine's Michelle Tauber, the senior royals editor for People. Uh, Michelle, put this moment into context for us. Yeah, this is a seismic moment for the world. Um, anyone, um, anyone on Earth um, who has been uh, been present for um, the past century um, knows this woman. You know, the most, the most famous woman in the world. And yes, um, as as said earlier, we knew that a 96-year-old woman was not going to live forever, but she had become such a fixture. And and such a guidepost for the globe that to lose her, I think it creates, you know, as much preparation as I could have done for this day myself, um, it creates this sort of abrupt vacuum that there's almost no way to be prepared for. Um, it's that it's that huge. What's the first thing we should be remembering, Michelle? So I would say that the Queen, you know, the Queen had these very distinct phases in her life. And I think the one that will be most remembered is the most recent. The, the phase of her life in which she was embraced both in the UK and around the world as a sort of grandma to the globe. Um, I think that, you know, there were certainly periods before then where her, her popularity level was not what it is um, and what it has been in recent years. Um, it was very much up and down for her for a long time. But I think that um, today is a moment to really reflect on the fact that this is a woman who is not only one of the most historic figures of the modern era um, and certainly a witness to history like none other. I mean, we are speaking about a woman who, who, who served with Prime Minister Winston Churchill, right? I mean, who was, um, you know, it, it, alive during the London bombings present. I mean, this is this is a woman who saw every major historic event of the past century, lived it. Um, and then ultimately, this is also a woman who was a mother, a grandmother, a great grandmother, and a matriarch, um, and a very beloved one, and a, and a symbolic one, and also um, a, a one who is very personal and, and obviously um, very um, heartbreaking to those who, who loved her most, her family. Who you know who, who who will find this loss both um, unbelievably difficult personally and because this is the family business and it cha her death changes everything in every way. It certainly does. Perhaps most importantly for Charles, her eldest son, who was the Prince of Wales, he is now the King of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. He is also King of other Commonwealth realms. He will be called His Majesty. And this sets in motion 11 days of, of mourning and commemoration, the life of Queen Elizabeth. I'm Aaron Katursky, and you're listening to live coverage from ABC News. ABC's Terry Moran now with a look back on the life of Queen Elizabeth II. She was simply to millions around the world the queen. The most famous woman of her time, from her coronation in 1953 to the outpouring of affection on her diamond jubilee marking 60 years on the throne. 
So much history, so many indelible moments. Decade after decade, from the Cold War to the computer age, what an extraordinary reign. And for all those years, through all that history, duty is what defined this remarkable woman. She was born in 1926, a little princess, Lilibet, her family called her, who was never expected to become queen until her uncle, the playboy king Edward VIII, abdicated the throne to marry an American divorcee. And her father then became King George VI. The young Elizabeth was suddenly next in line for the throne. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family. During World War II, the princess did her duty. She was a driver and mechanic on the home front, and she fell in love in those years a handsome prince, swashbuckling Navy Lieutenant Philip Mountbatten. Take tea, Philip. my wedded husband. To my wedded husband. They married in 1947. Five years later, when King George died, Lilibet became Queen Elizabeth II. Her coronation was an international sensation. But the British Empire Elizabeth inherited was falling apart, all the colonies becoming independent nations. So she helped to create a new realm, dubbed the British Commonwealth. When we were young, it was very easy to take our grandmother for granted. Um, you know, she was just a grandmother um, to us. But I've actually really learned to sort of understand and, and accept the, the, the huge deal that she is around the world. Elizabeth traveled the world, more than 250 overseas trips, showing how the British monarch could change with the times and shape them, even as she raised four children, the most famous working mum in the world. She was a young woman in a man's world, um, carving her own way through life and through a job that she, like any of us, don't necessarily have all the preparations you'd like. The years brought their ups and downs. The wedding of Prince Charles and Diana seemed to be a highlight, and Elizabeth watched as her daughter-in-law captivated the world in the 1980s. But when that marriage collapsed so scandalously, many Britons began to doubt the relevancy of the monarchy itself. When Diana was killed in a car crash in Paris, Elizabeth stayed in Scotland with her family. As waves of grief rolled over Britain, the Queen was seen as unsympathetic, and public anger at the royal family reached a fever pitch. And then she returned and joined her people in mourning. What I say to you now, as your Queen and as a grandmother, I say from my heart. First, I want to pay tribute to Diana myself. She was an exceptional and gifted human being. As monarch, Elizabeth maintained tradition and yet moved just enough with the times. Who can forget her appearance alongside 007 Daniel Craig at the London Olympics? It was a rare moment of public fun from a woman who prized dignity, but her family knew a different side. If you do ever have problems, you can share them with her and she will listen and she will try and help. Um, but otherwise, she sort of lets you get on with your own life and, and carve your own path. Perhaps one of Elizabeth's proudest moments, Prince William's marriage to Kate Middleton in 2011, a wedding that united the British people and breathed fresh life into the monarchy. Two years later, the Queen would welcome the newest heir to the throne, Prince George, and later Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis. She's a remarkably energetic and dedicated guiding force for her family. 
And I'm so glad that my children are having the chance to get to know the Queen. In 2015, Elizabeth became the longest-serving monarch in British history, passing her great-grandmother, Queen Victoria. A long life, a long reign. She watched with pride as the next generation celebrated milestones, and she endured the disgrace of her son Andrew's public scandals. Her reign, which was born out of her uncle's abdication, saw her grandson, Prince Harry, also step away from royal life. The decision that I have made for my wife and I to step back is not one I made lightly. It was so many months of talks after so many years of challenges. And I know I haven't always gotten it right, but as far as this goes, there really was no other option. One biographer called her Elizabeth the Steadfast, her strength guiding her people through the COVID-19 outbreak. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. All right, you've been listening to live coverage. Uh, The Queen of England has passed away, and she will... uh, Obviously, this is going to be a big story internationally. From 96 years old, the longest reigning monarch in the history of Great Britain. It's a big story. Uh, Joining me at 1135 is going to be Gordon James. Uh, He owns Gordon C. James Public Relations. Uh, Gordon has been the PR person, uh, his company for the Bush family since uh, uh, President 41, H.W. Bush, was vice president to Reagan. He handled the advance uh, for the Queen's visit here. He's been to the palace. He's met with her. We're going to get some reflection from an American that has been with the leader of America, the president of the United States, and the interaction with the monarch with the queen of England. So that should be an interesting conversation that is going to happen at around um, um, uh, 11.35 this morning. At 11.05, Carrie Lake is going to join me. Uh, and we are going to talk with Carrie Lake about the debate, la- or, I'm sorry, the forum last night. Lack of a debate, of course, but some of the biggest issues that Arizona is facing. And this is a time of year, I think, that um, as we get closer and closer to the election, the undecided voters are the ones that are going to make the difference in all of this. And those people, what do they want to hear? What do they need to hear from a candidate to make a choice that they're confident that that candidate is going to be the best one to pull the lever for? or fill in the circle for. Um, So we'll do that coming up just after 11. But an international story to think of the reign of Queen Elizabeth and how long that she had been around, uh, 96 years old, and the impact. It's hard for Americans to look at that kind of impact. I I will tell you, if you look back on American presidents, and there have been so many of them in my lifetime, you know, the first president that I remembered as a child was Richard Nixon uh, when I was a kid. Um, but even when we have the passing of a president, if you remember the passing of, for me, it was Ronald Reagan and the pageantry involved in the mourning of the nation and how many world leaders came out to uh, mourn the loss and pay respects to a, to a president who served for eight years. Now, imagine what the world is going to do because generations of leadership around the world have had one steadfast leader. And that's been the Queen of England. She has been there throughout the lives of most of the American people and the people around the world in leadership. And I imagine the entire world will be turning out to pay tribute and pay their respects to the passing of the Queen. Um, So it's hard to overstate this story. Uh, It's interesting as I was listening to the live coverage with ABC. It's very interesting 
to hear that, uh, hear the news, and then as I'm watching the coverage or listening to the coverage, seeing my social media and all of my friends and the people that I know that's popping up and saying, "Oh my gosh, the queen is gone! The queen is gone!" And for Americans, we, you know, we don't, we don't, um, we don't have a monarch. We don't have a royalty, but we do respect the leadership and the lineage of that family. And so the changes that will be happening now, it's going to be a brand new day for everybody across Great Britain. For us here in America, we change leadership every four, every eight years in the presidency. Sometimes the party doesn't change for up to 16 years, let's say. The party leadership doesn't change, but the person does. Now imagine having someone that has sat on that throne for the entire lifetime of everybody alive in your family. That is the significance of what's happening right now in Great Britain. And it's, again, as, as I said before, it is very, very hard to uh, to overstate that. So this is going to be a worldwide story. She was loved across the world. You heard live coverage talking about she is probably the most famous woman in the world and uh, her passing is going to bring sadness all over the world hopefully what this might do what it just may be well there will be a time of unity now and out of respect for her maybe some civility in some of the things that are happening around the world where adversaries are facing off in real war in some places but it's certainly in a cold war in others um, she had that kind of calming effect and one of the people in live coverage described her as kind of the grandmother to the world and I, I imagine that would be a title that she would be grateful for um, someone that has served her country well for the decades that she did so uh, at 11.35, Gordon James will join me. He's a, a friend and, and uh, someone that has just got some of the best stories of leadership around the world and his time that he spent with British royalty and some reflection. Uh, I'm sure a sad day for him as well, uh, having spent some time with the Queen. Uh, so we'll do that at 11.35. And one more reminder, Carrie Lake will join me just after 11 o'clock this morning. We are going to uh, talk with her about last night's forum. But there has been some changing in the political landscape. And what I mean by that is I think there is a little bit of change that's happening in Arizona in the priorities for Arizona voters. And people want to hear from the candidates not just what they believe or what they want to do, but why they believe what they believe and what and how they're going to do what they want to do. I think both of those are important topics. And as for as long as we can stay with with Kerry, we'll do that. And a reminder, just so I can I'm going to try to remind people of this. We have invited and we will continue to invite candidates from every political party on this show. Uh, Katie Hobbs has been invited multiple times. I don't mean this as a sign of disrespect. I'm saying I want you to know we are inviting her on very often. We would love for her to join us. Same with Mark Kelly. Some of the candidates you haven't heard from on this show. It certainly isn't because we aren't open to the idea or inviting them. We absolutely are, and we will continue to do that to work with their schedules and make those happen. But when a candidate like Carrie Lake wants to come on the show, we ask and reach out after big events like last night. Same with Blake Masters and all of these statewide candidates. We give them an opportunity to talk here on the show and let you hear what they believe, why they believe it what they want to do and how they're going to accomplish it. So that's what we're going to do. Keep it locked here to KTAR and go to KTAR.com for full coverage as today. I'm sure more stories will be coming in about the loss of the queen, her death, and as people will be internationally will be paying tribute, I'm sure the White House will be making a statement soon. So we'll be doing all of that uh, pretty quickly. So we're going to want you to stick around for all of it.